Ladies and gentlemen, guys and gals, non-binary pals, and a technicolor rainbow in between, this is Modular Media Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Chris Boingo Ryder Gaston, and with me, as always, is my tag team partner... The Vacuuminator, and Boingo, I can confirm, your mic is working. I'm listening to you do the intro a couple <laughs> seconds ago now. <sighs> Throwback to last week where uh, I didn't check... Normally don't have to check, but I guess that's just a part of the checklist now. Was fucking check and make sure the mic is working. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um. But also, check. Uh, go ahead. Yeah. Wrestling. 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 I watched. I watched all of the wrestling for this week last night. I had no <laughs> other time for wrestling this week. So I got home, I did my chores, I worked out after work, and then immediately took a shower and just sat myself in this exact spot and watched wrestling for about six or seven hours straight. You poor unfortunate soul. I mean, it was mostly good. No, I just, like, I cannot sit still that long. It's... Like I'm not, I'm not really a good binger. It's just when I know I need to watch something to get something done. As far as content creation goes, I can force myself. Yeah, but we have a lot of. Nah, do we have a lot of things to talk? We have things to talk about this week. It's a, it's a well populated week, I would say that. There's not a lot of big exciting things. There's a couple big exciting things, but yeah. uh, it's mostly just like. And this happened, which continues from last week. And this happened, which continues from last week. And, oh, look, that happened. That's interesting. Oh, this happened, and that continues from last week. Oh, hey, that thing popped off a little bit more than last week. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we'll get to those kind of things. But the first things first, we have one unfortunate thing that we have to talk about this week. Yeah, so uh, about two or three... Actually, I think I was, like just uh getting ready to leave work when this ha uh was announced um anna jay unfortunately got a training injury a few weeks ago um according to dr sampson she pulled her shoulder like completely out of its socket somehow we don't have video of the incident just of her being examined which you know kind of fine with that um but uh, basically, she had to get evaluated. Um, and this this actually happened several weeks ago, and they've been just evaluating her and reevaluating her since. And she's not going to be able to compete. Uh, her shoulder is completely messed up, and she's going to have to have surgery and some rehab. And she's out for six to twelve months. Yeah, which which bloody sucks. It it's not yeah. especially because Anna Jay was improving by leaps and bounds every time she stepped in the ring. She was on the come up. She was on the come up. She was she was a great addition to the Dark Order. It, it just it, it she's going to be missed in the women's division, but we also are probably really soon we're gonna get uh, Chris Statlander back into the scene and picture. Mm -hmm. So it's not like they're it's not like the rosters diminished and oh no, what are they gonna do? Yeah, it's it's more just like if you're a fan of that athlete, it's it's particularly sad because I was I was really starting to, uh, for lack of a better term, come on to Anna Jay. Um, I love her on BTE. I think she's uh, she she was really interesting on the episode of Unrestricted she was on. 
and her in ring work has just gotten consistently better and better to the point of where I actually look forward when I see match graphics for her on Dynamite. So, uh, yeah, definitely disappointed. She's not going to be in the tournament and probably won't be showing up on any AEW content for a while. Um, I do hope whenever she's ready to return to the ring, though, they give her like a a big angle return. I feel like she deserves that and has somewhat earned that. I can see the angle they do. Anna Jay is basically the straight man to the entire Dark Order right now. Mm-hmm. So while she's gone, the Dark Order will go, not necessarily full goofy, but they go full trusting, naive. They help everyone out. Because that's what their character motivation is right now. Is that they want to help people get out of the dark and bring order to their life. So they start teaming up and helping anybody and everybody. And Anna Jay comes back and goes like, guys, they've been abusing your trust. These guys are assholes. We need to shape up. Yeah, kind of a, a storyline of uh, givers need to know their limits because takers don't have any. Yeah, and, and basically she's the bad bitch mom of the group who, like, that kind of mentality of, like, I'm going to protect my boys. I like that. Yeah. I, I That's the kind of energy she's already giving off, so I wouldn't... I wouldn't be at all uh, uh, disagreeing if they continued on with that when she gets back. And it's it's still a babyface role. But uh, speaking of uh, a tweener, the best way to put it, uh, EC3 confronts Jay Briscoe at the end of Ring of Honor. EC3 to Ring of Honor, weird. Yeah, EC3 went and signed with Ring of Honor this week after this angle uh, where he basically came out and said, like, Hey, there's no honor in the dollar. All capitalism sucks. Jay Briscoe, you could be cool, but you keep chasing after money. You need to be chasing after being a true master artistic athlete wrestler like I do. Because I'm about mastering your narrative. That's my gimmick now. Um, and it looks like he's going to be one of their top attractions going forward, which is really interesting. Yeah, especially because I thought uh, he's just going to stick around in Impact, especially because Impact seems to be on a rebound. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's not bad in Ring of Honor. Yeah, at, at least Ring of Honor now has a, 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 a marketable name. Yeah. Yeah. Cheese uh, or World Famous CB and Flip Gordon are cool, but they're Ring of Honor products. If you're not a Ring of Honor fan already, you don't really know that. Yeah. Um. But EC3 is like, oh, that guy was on NXT. Oh, that guy was on TNA. He's a cool guy. I'll go watch him. I wonder how this is going to interact with Ring of Honor's working relationship with New Japan and now New Japan's working relationship with AEW. From what I have read, um, there might not be a relationship between ROH and NJWP anymore. Ooh. Um, like... Not like a bad split, just like kind of decided to split the difference because of the state of the world and uh, we want to go different creative directions. I.e. we want the Bullet Club back. (laughs) (laughs) Our Uh, Bucky boys left us and it's all your fault. Speaking of Bullet Club, why don't you tell me about the goings-on of the Elite this week? Uh, yeah, so uh, BTE this week opened up with a segment uh, where the Good Brothers 
are uh, backstage with the Young Bucks after having saved them from that angle on Dynamite last week. And uh, the Young Bucks are basically like, wow, thanks, guys. But, you know, Brandon Keller got out there right away, and he was right around the same area you guys were. And where, where, where was Kenny? What was going on? And they were like, oh, man, we, we're sorry. We just got turned around. You know, we're new to this venue. We got, we got lost. We didn't really know where we were going. And then we get a segment that reveals... Luke Gallows got nervous on his way to ring, so he went in the men's room to jack off. And Carl Anderson was like, that's a good idea, so he did so as well. And that's why it took them so long to get out there. Okay. I'm not sure how I feel about Luke Gallows and Anderson's gimmick B, giant man-children, Billy Madison wannabes. That's what they are! They're fuck. They're Billy Madison! Yeah. Oh, I'm not disagreeing. It, and it's a little weird, but like in the moment it's funny, so I'm letting its weirdness slide. No, but but like I just realized that's their gimmick. They're Billy fucking Madison. Uh-huh. At the beginning of the fucking movie. Come here, penguin. Oh, Billy Madison. That was the last good movie Adam Sandler ever made. Happy Gilmore is after Billy Madison. I haven't seen Happy Gilmore. Click was after Billy Madison. Click was good. I I don't like Click. It felt too gimmicky. Sure. Also, there's a scene, there's a scene where he tells his child daughter that she's going to grow up to be the hottest girl in the world. Yeah, it, that's and it comes off a slightly pervy. Yeah. yeah, but uh... um, uh, but then we got a nice little travel montage uh, from earlier that day of Papa and Mama Buck making their first pandemic uh, flights to come to hang out at Dynamite. And uh, basically we get the actual moment from the moment they recreated on Dynamite this week of them seeing the merch truck with the Bucks on it and being like, oh, that's so cool, um, which was sweet. That was nice. Nice little bit of behind the scenes there. Um and then we got a fun little Kenny moment, the likes of which hasn't really been in BTE since way back in, like, I would say the 40s or 30s, um, of just Kenny playing a game and joking around with another person who's playing it. He would, They were shooting a two-point show in, like, an arcade bar kind of place in a, Jacksonville. A arcade? Yeah, I forgot that word existed. Um and they had a Street it's okay. Fighter 2 it machine It shouldn't exist there. in the first place. <laughs> but they had a Street Fighter 2 machine there, so Kenny was playing uh, with uh, the owner, and Brandon Cutler pointed out, wait, why aren't you playing as Ken? You're playing as, uh, I forget, the big gray guy, the big green guy. Blanca. With arms. Yeah, he was playing as Blanca, and he was like, I mean, he's just got, he's got better blocking strats so i wanted to play as him today uh and he's like but that guy's playing as ken you could be playing as ken yeah but watch this and then he beats the owner twice if i remember my good at video games no if i remember my street fighter 2 right blanca's kind of a cheap character i think so i think that was the point is like kind of a jab at the fact that kenny's a heel right now like like not necessarily a guaranteed win if you play Blanca, but it, it like to do certain things it's easier as Blanca. Okay. Um 
Then we got a little uh, backstage segment where uh, Brandon Cutler is hanging out at the bar, uh, trying to drink a coffee, going like, oh, I'm not much of a coffee guy, but man, I'm really tired. I really need it. And he sets it down for a second and he's kind of rubbing his eyes. And then Allie pops up from behind the bar and puts something in it. I get the feeling I'm supposed to recognize what the bottle was. It was probably some kind of like laxative or something. Uh, but he goes to drink it, and then the blade walks in, and he's like, hey, they need your help filming something for Dark. And he's like, oh, okay, okay. I, and Allie just pops up and goes like, what the hell? And the blade's like, what? So potentially some kind of thing brewing there for that faction on BTE. I'm not sure. Um, the bunny, the blade, the, the prankster. Yes. You know they do uh, look like Batman villains. They do? Um, also I'm thinking like, uh, what's that show called? Like, uh, like a punked parody with them could be fun. Um, no, 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 no. punked parody. You just got bladed. (laughs) I'm down for that. Um, then we got a segment where Matt Hardy uh, thanks Isaiah Cassidy for helping him deceive Hangman and the internet uh, because there was that whole thing on Dynamite last week where him and uh, Mark Quinn sent in voicemails pretending like they were really sad and really sorry for losing uh, on Impact and um, apparently that was just a ruse to make it think they were on the, they were potentially on the outs and now they're back together and stronger than ever except Mark's out with an injury so no I thought he was Uh, out because uh, he got snowed in in fucking Texas oh was that it okay so he was out for the two weeks that they were filming Dynamite because they do one live and one filmed I had heard he had picked up an injury during the Impact's uh, tag title match so I was just kind of going off of that either or we'll know next week yeah um, but he's basically like, yo, here's a, here's a gift to show how important you are to me as my trusted student. And he gives him this diamond encrusted necklace that's a VIP logo because that's something Isaiah puts on his gear. Um, and then uh, he goes up to this ref who's on dark all the time. I, I've heard his name before. I just didn't remember it. Uh, but he's basically like, yo, I could get you on dynamite if you start helping us win matches. Here's a contract. Sign it, maybe. Um, and then uh, he gives TH2 their money for helping with the Hangman beatdown. And he basically says, we should work together more in the future, teasing that they might be brought into the Matt Hardy brand LLC in the future. Because there's not enough giant bloated factions in AEW already. I mean, they... It's a, it's a similar thing to New Japan. It makes for easy, quick tag team matches that are kind of filler, but still have stakes within the greater scheme of the uh, world of AEW. Fair. I, and, and I like how... Uh, I, I like applying the mentality you described the Nightmare Family with a few weeks ago of... It's less it's less like a traditional wrestling faction of we're always together doing stuff and more like a, a athletic stable of we all train together and we all do shit together, but we all have our own shit going on. Like, I like the idea of AEW kind of functioning that way, of all these different groups intersecting and interacting. Like, Dark Order, they are definitively a faction to me. Yeah. But, like, Nightmare Family, they're kind of an athletic stable... 
Inner Circle kind of bridges the gap. It's a little bit of both, depending on the week. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Matt Hardy's going to be much more of like an athletic stable, but more of like talent agency, like showbiz guys. Come on, show them the pearly yeah, whites. He's my boy. He's he's almost like a modern Jim Coronet in kayfabe Jim Coronet. Now that I think about it, yeah. except less um, shitty opinions. Yeah. Well, that's why I said kayfabe Jim Cornette. Yeah. Um, but uh, then we got just a, a, a funny little segment that gave this week's episode its title, uh, where the Bucks are basically like, yo, Brandon, we saw you get powerbombed by Jack Swagger, so you're going to have a match with him next week. And he's like, oh, thanks, that's awesome. I, I've been wanting a Dynamite match for so long, and I've been busting my ass on Dark and making BTE for you every week. This is great. Thank you, guys. And then they walk off, and Nick looks at Matt, and he's like, did you just call him Jack Swagger? Yeah. I think that name's copywritten. Oh. Also, wasn't that a bit nepotistic of us? Probably. Who cares? They could be a little bit more uh, nepotistic when it comes to Brandon Cutler. That's true. Um, then we get uh, the Dark Order segment of the week, which is them basically being like, yeah, we kicked ass. We were so awesome running in and saving Hangman like that. And, oh, man, Hangman's such a fucking handsome guy. Can you believe his traps? Can you believe his deltoids? Can you believe his fucking back? That guy definitely has intercourse every week. Yeah, you could say that guy has sexual relations on a regular basis. You could almost say Hangman fucks. And then they start chanting Hangman fucks. We went from fuck Hangman to Hangman fucks. And then Hangman walks in and he's like, are you guys chanting Hangman fucks? And they're like, yeah. And he goes, Hangman Fox! Hangman Fox! <laughs> and he agrees that uh, he says he still doesn't want to join the faction officially, but he does agree to be their friend from now on and they'll have each other's backs. Basically, he's in the faction without being in the faction. Um, Almost as if like, like, a certain uh, self-insert character in a certain uh, visual novel that two dumb yokels wrote uh, a good couple weeks ago did we predict what would happen in AEW? No. No. <laughs> um, I just thought we, that was funny and I wanted to bring it up. Uh, also, there's a, the bit ends with Hangman saying that he has to go off and take a piss and they were like, let's go look at Hangman's penis because dumb sex jokes are a Dark Order thing as well. Uh, but like, less... Less lewd than the Good Brothers, um, like and to, then as Good everyone, Brothers are genuinely like they're creeps. eighteen plus. They're greasy. They're they're slimy. Dark Order feels naively lewd. It's like Dark Order are fourteen year olds who just discovered the word fuck, <laughs> and have Googled... Good Brothers are are. 46-year-olds who, like, wish they had made the Girls Gone Wild videos. Yes. Dark Order's... Dark Order just realized you could Google boob. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but as everybody's walking out, uh, Five gets up to go, and Evil Uno grabs his shoulder, and he's like, hey, good work with Fangman. We're really proud of you. You did great, Five. And it's like a it's like a nice little wholesome wholesome moment, wholesome validation, little wrap up for that Alan Angels arc right there. Until uh, into... Dynamite this week, where it gets yeah. ripped open again. 
Mm-hmm. And then uh, BT ended this week with uh, a segment of Sammy Guevara sitting in his bedroom naked with the title around his waist, a la Shawn Michaels. And the play um, girl saying, Yeah, saying, I didn't, uh, I didn't come to Dynamite this week, just didn't feel like it. I'm doing other things. Uh, but if you go watch my vlog this week, I defend the title against my mom. And then I did go and watch his vlog this week. His mom got snowed in, so they had to cancel the title match. God damn it. It's fucking... Uh, but real quick, before we move on to the other thing, I need something to fiddle with, so I'll be right back going off headphone. It's just okay. like five steps away. I just need to actually take my headphones off. Yeah, go, 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 go for it. Yeah, I'll just get the thing going in my head. Mm. Mm. It's a bop. You should listen to it. Uh, bebop and rock study uh the tokyo theme it's a bop you should listen to it and i was making a teenage mutant ninja turtles joke but i got i got it stuck in my head just now by saying go go because that that song has a million instances of the word go in it like well, they, they wanted it to be like a power of... rangers season yeah almost like that season should have been adapted literal years ago I'm going to be bitter. I'm going to be bitter until it happens. Sorry, Hasbro. I love you, but adapt to future for the love of God. Anyways, uh, we got uh, night two of the AEW Women's Eliminator Tournament. There's a bunch of bunch of matchups, some interesting news out of this. Uh, did you watch this this week, yes. Chris? Yes, I did. Okay. Uh, so we opened up with uh, Tay Conte versus Nyla Rose, which was uh, basically an AEW dark match. Yeah, it was, but it also slapped. You know. Yeah. They 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 went a little stiffer for this match. Mm-hmm. It's it's like dark plus. Dark plus. A little bit more caffeine. It's the new AEW streaming service coming soon. <laughs> AEW Dark Plus. <laughs> What's the one division of Dark Plus? Uh, I know oh, what the Mandalorian on, is. I know what the Mandalorian it's... is. It's Cody coming to the front, uh, coming to the ring with all of his crew, walking backstage, yeah. and pretending he's a lone wolf. Dun, 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 dun. I, I wouldn't be but surprised. The not actually. The theme isn't playing. He's humming it under his breath. <laughs> I would not be surprised. Uh, Cody seems like the kind of guy that once crowds are back, he's going to do a full-on Mandalorian fucking entrance for a pay-per-view. And I will pop so hard for it. Um, and he's going to dress Arn as Baby Yoda. No, he'll have an actual baby by then. Oh yeah, he will. But he won't bring it out like he like he's learned with the dog. That's true. That's true. He has learned that lesson. Thank God. Um, also, I was just going to say, uh, WandaVision would probably be Kip Sabian and Penelope for doing something. Yeah. Um, but uh, Nyla won and advanced in the tournament, uh, used a big old beast bomb, and it was very awesome. Uh, Taikante had some great, like, flippy shit. Uh, not flippy shit, like, flipping shit. She flipped Nyla yeah. in a bunch of good ways. She is really coming along, man. I, I hope uh, 
I hope there's good things for Tay Conte on the horizon, especially because she's lost her best friend now. Oh, no. Oh, no. But she's in the same position as Hangman is as friend of the Dark Order, but not in the Dark Order. Dark Order and Friends. New sitcom coming to AEW Dark Plus. They're in the dark periphery. Where's that shirt on freaking AEW shop? The Dark Order periphery. Uh, oh, boy. We're going all over the place now. Um, Hey, over in Japan, they had the magical girl Yuka Sakazaki versus Your Highness Emi Sakura. Um, and she came out with her students. Emi Sakura probably had the best entrance of the show. Oh, yeah, no. And I don't, I don't know if it's a new gimmick or if it's her Japanese gimmick. And she was playing up a, a different thing in America. I love the fucking Queen Emmy right now. Mm -hmm. It is Especially with the students doing the entrance with her. Instead of just being out there already like they were last week. It, it fits with the Queen thing that she already has. It works with that. But it also... Because they hype up that, oh, she's a veteran, she's trained a lot of people. Yeah, she might look at herself as like, no, these are, I'm a queen, you're my subjects, fucking bow to me. Like they said on commentary, Hikaru Shida is Emi Sakura's prized pupil. Yeah. Um, and, uh, this match was really, really solid. Like, um... I haven't gotten this into a Yuka Sakazaki match since, like, the early weeks of Dynamite. Uh, it was really awesome seeing her get to go all out with some rope work. Oh, yeah. No, it was great. I love Yuka in this. It was, like, just general, I love the character work. I love the back and forth. I love, again, Joshis, they work stiff. Mm-hmm. Because, it's, like, uh... goddamn, you could hear that shit. It's extremely wonderful to watch women hit each other, and you can quote me on that. Speaking of uh, women hitting each other, uh, Yuka wins. Yeah, she pinned uh, Emmy in a crucifix after a big old clothesline, and then we had a beatdown angle uh, where uh, Emmy and her students started attacking Yuka, and then uh, Shida just immediately gets in the ring with her kendo stick. And looks like the bossest bitch in the world in that fucking white suit with just no shirt underneath but a sports bra. It was like, yes, I simp. It. She looked like a goddamn boss from a Yakuza game. Exactly. People were making so edits of that. And it's just like, yeah, yeah, give me that shit. Give me, give me a Joshi Yakuza game. Just cap. Not cap Mark my words. Sega, do it. In Mark my words, in 20 years, when when they're doing, like, uh, rem um, not remembering, but, like, looking back on Hikaru Shida's career packages, that will be something people talk about as, like, a standout moment because of how striking that look is. Oh, yeah, no. I have a feeling that's just going to be her out-of-ring work look from now on because everybody's responding it to, to it so harsh. I mean, did you see the kimono dress she wore? Uh, she uh, she wore for something. I saw it on Instagram. Mm -mm. Um, but it's like this beautiful flowing red dress that looks like fire. And the, in the picture she's in, she's got her ring ponytail and she's holding the kendo stick. It looks awesome. Yeah. Um, but uh, She looks great. What else would you have to say? The champ looks good. 
Um, uh, after hoss that, fight. we got Hoss Fight. Hoss, uh, Joshi Lady Hoss Fight. Ninja Kong versus Anaki Ryo Mizunami. This was so perfect, so wonderful, so hard hitting, and just made you feel the emotion of the match because I'm like 90% sure this was low key a passing of the torch match. Oh, yeah, no, it felt like it because it felt like Aja Kong, for lack of a better way of describing it, holding on to everything that her legacy stands for. I am the big woman. I beat the fuck out of Joshi's. That's what I do. And then Ryo comes in and goes like, Hi, I'm the big woman who beats the fuck out of Joshi's now. I am I am I am you, but younger. And hipper. <laughs> and, and I am and I fucking bop to the ring. I dance. And I'm also a mime? Just, I don't get that bit. That's the one I, thing but, with Ryo I don't get. Is the mind? I, I think that's got to be some Japanese culture thing that just doesn't translate for us. Sure, sure, but still, because the, it doesn't fit with the rest of her. Well, you know what else doesn't fit with the rest of a wrestler? The Undertaker doing a top a top rope clothesline. Hey, it's old school. <laughs> What's older it's, school than a dead it, man? <laughs> Yeah, because when I think of old school wrestling, I think of trapeze acts. Yeah. It's almost as if the wrestling got formed in carnival scenes. Listen, buddy. You know damn well what I meant. I meant that Rio won via countout because they had a badass outside of the ring fight. Involving like a trash can and the fucking title and all kinds of crazy shit. And then finally just Rio runs back to the ring as she realizes the 10 counts is happening. And just barely beats it back in. Um, which could set up a potential big rematch between them when they can fly to the States and there's a crowd. I oh, would that's be, be super fun. down for that. Especially um, when, I don't want to say I want the rematch to involve her, but, like, imagine a three-way Aja Kong, Rio, Nyla Rose. Like, a full-on Lady Hoss fight. Oh, yes. Four-way, Layla Hirsch. Layla... <laughs> she is short, but she is a hoss. It's physically impossible, but I want Layla Hirsch carrying one of them on her shoulders. Two of them on her shoulders. All of them on her shoulders. But you... Layla Hirsch squatting the Lady Hosses. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Somebody fan art that. No, because then it'd be non-safe for work and fetish art. You know it. Oh, shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, that match was amazing. Probably a uh, match of the week for me, honestly. It's twice in a row. This show has given me match of the week. Oh, yeah, no. Um, like, in twice in a row, where this show gives us our thumbnail. Uh, and then we got to close things out. Uh, the I can't believe it's not the Anna J match. Uh, Dr. Britt Baker DMD with Reba versus Maddie Renkowski, who I believe is a Nightmare Factory trainee who's just barely ring ready, and it kind of 
kind of showed in this because half this match was just them beating her up on the outside. Yeah, but it was late notice. They probably had to find someone that wasn't already wrapped up in something else. No, excuse me. Maddie is not a Nightmare Factory trainee. She's one of Thunder Rosa's students. Yeah, and yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was storyline appropriate. I'm a stupid, and it was good. Yes, it is appropriate, but also still, again... It was late notice. They probably just went like, ah, uh, we don't, like, you're wrapped up in stuff. You're wrapped up in stuff. We can't just insert you in this. Cody, do you got any trainees? No, not really. They're not, I don't think any of them are ready. Thunder, I got one. Here you go. It was quite literally making chicken salad out of chicken shit. Yeah. But, like, it, they, they knew the direction that they were going with it. They knew that, obviously, Britt Baker was going to win in the uh, anyway because... Britt Baker's a major face of the division. It makes sense for her to go over Anna J right now. So, like, they didn't uh -huh. have to change a ton. They just had to change the match. Yeah. And even um, then, it Maddie didn't look bad. She looks like she has potential. No, no. I, I, I didn't mean to imply that she looks bad. It's just they didn't let her get off a ton of moves, and I think that was intentional. The idea here is supposed to be... That she gets beaten up so much so quickly that she doesn't have a chance to get any licks in. Yeah, that's what I'm like. That's what I'm saying is like she bumped well. Uh huh. So. Uh -huh. But yeah, this is a solid match. Britt moves on to face Nyla on Dynamite later in the week. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, and then they also announced that uh, instead of another YouTube show. The next installment of this tournament will be taking uh, place on BR Live. There will be a show where we will get Thunder Rosa versus Riho, Yuka Sakazaki versus Ryo Mizunami, and a Joshi six-woman tag match. On the one hand, that is a very exciting card. On the other, ah, oh, damn it, I'm going to have to figure out how BR Live works this weekend. Yeah, but it's also probably something of a good sign because BR Live is owned by TNT and Warner brought up mm -hmm. Warner all that bullshit. So this is I mean, probably that's the, uh, that's, that's the US home for all their pay-per-views. Yeah, but what I'm saying is like this might be a sign that they're starting to look at the women's division more favorably and are mm -hmm. might be able or it might be more willing to compromise on how much of the women's division can be in the show because from tweets that Kenny Omega said that's been a major roadblock is TNT going like eh, the women's division doesn't do well kind of downplay it mm -hmm. so this may be saying them saying like we see potential in this let's see what it does so we have internal numbers kind of bullshit thing yeah and I mean like I say oh no I'm gonna have to figure out how BR Live works this weekend it was either this weekend or next weekend because uh Hey, low-key announcement, uh, Chris, you're going to have to write down the card for Revolution as you watch it, because I'll be hosting a watch party for it with some co-workers. Oh, nice. Yeah. Basically, uh, um, bring your own beer, but I'll pay for the pay-per-view type situation is what I'm thinking. That's good. And yeah. I know some of your co-workers are uh, either former Wrestle fans or, like, semi-contemporary Wrestle fans. Uh, yeah, I got... Um, I won't name names or dox anyone, but basically my assistant manager is a guy who's been watching wrestling since he was a kid and he's as old as my dad is. So like he remembers when Ric Flair was the guy 
but also he keeps crying and watches a little bit of everything. Uh, and then the guy who replaced me at the uh, job I left to come to this job, because it's in the same warehouse strip center type thing, he's also a wrestling fan, and he's very heavily into WWE, but he also checks out other stuff when he has time. That's um, good. So, And then there's another guy who kind of understands what wrestling is and will probably come just because there's going to be beer. Nice. Hopefully you'll get, make two fans because one of them already seems like he's probably already a fan of AEW. Especially when he, it's like Sting, Cody's there. Like, yeah. they respect I mean, the legacy him, of WCW. I told him about uh, the the big thing that's that we're going to talk about later. Oh, the big right thing. After I saw the, yeah, right after I saw that news, I told him about it and he just made a face like, Like, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. All right. Um, but then uh, Impact also happened uh, that night, and uh, we got a number of interesting things. Uh, Moose's story developed quite a bit, where he had an opening match with a guy called Jake Suffing. Literally, that's his name, is Jake Suffing. Um, I'd never seen him before, but it was, it was a pretty solid match. Uh, really did a good job making Moose look strong and dangerous. Uh, but after it, he held the guy hostage and was basically like, hey, unless you guys give me my title match with Rich Swan tonight, there's not going to be a show. I will just sit out in this ring and beat, beat up anybody who tries to take me out so we can move on. Um, and Scott Damore, uh, who's the, uh, the big authority figure in Impact right now, Don Callis is like the side authority figure in Impact. Don uh, Callis which... is Vince, this guy's Stephanie McMahon. Kind of, yeah. Um, but he comes out and he's basically like, all right, motherfucker, you want to try and fuck with my show? You got a title match. It's defending your title. Cause as of now, the TNA title, it's official again. Congratulations, Moose, you're a champion. And you got to defend your title against that guy who you just treated like shit later tonight when he's all healed up and ready to go. And it's like, oh shit. Um, and uh, later on, uh, Moose does successfully defend the title in the main event. Uh, but then uh, Rich Swan comes out and he attacks Moose, which was kind of funny because in that same opening angle, they had said that Rich Swan wasn't even in the building. He wasn't cleared to wrestle, so he had stayed home that week. But I guess he just magically got there in time to beat up Moose some. Or maybe magically wrestlers lie. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, Scott Demore's just like, all right, I'm sick of you guys fucking attacking each other and doing weird shit to my show, so, you know what, Moose, you're getting what you want. At Sacrifice, on March 14th, champion versus champion match. Have fun. Whenever you say so Scott Demore, is... I think you're about to say Scott the Waz. <laughs> hey, all, Scott, Scott here, wrestling. Scott the Waz. I, you know, he's going to make a wrestling video games video eventually, right? Yeah. And that's going to be amazing. But also, Scott the Waz is the kind of guy who I could picture the WWE getting for an episode of Raw to try and be hip with the kids. And I would love Because no, like... you know Scott the Waz would become the 24-7 champion. Hey, y'all. Scott here. What's this belt? And then R-Truth just tackles him. 
Um, Where's Wendy's uh, guy? Oh, uh, Wendy, Wendy's employees wonderful. Um, but uh, the other people that are wonderful are the Tonys, uh, because they 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 acknowledged that that group name uh, this week. They were like, "Yo, Broadway may be closed, but you can still watch the Tonys right here on Impact." Uh, and they're um, in the uh, TIA Bankfield, I think it is. They're I in don't that know. Stadium. It's the Jacksonville Stadium. The Jag Stadium. They're there. They're out on the field. It's the home of the stadium stampede match. Let's be real here. That's what we're always going <laughs> to remember it as. Yeah, they're there with all the heels that are on the card for Dynamite that week, and they're like, look at all this talent. Look at all these diamonds we pried from the rough of the industry and made look amazing on our show. Look, it's Brian Cage. Impact. Remember when you had him and you didn't do anything with him after a while? Oof. Oof. <laughs> And then they basically go around and they go like, so this match is happening on the card. It's going to be this person right here versus some face. Do a quick promo to put over your match. And it's like a two-sentence promo per person, and it's great. Um, and uh, basically the big thing out of this was a lot of people went, oh, they're teasing Stadium Stampede to Impact versus AEW. Stadium Stampede, Impact Boogaloo. I am fucking down for that, honestly. Stadium Stampede, second impact. Go full Neon Genesis Evangelion with this shit. Yes. At the end, Chris Jericho. Uh, at the end, Chris Jericho standing there is going, "Congratulations." <laughs> that would be wonderful. Um. Then we uh, <laughs> there was some interesting. <laughs> it's a, it's a night, isn't it? Um. <laughs> It's a night where I just make uh, you very giggly. Apparently. Um, Brian Myers uh, had some stuff going on in his storyline where basically he had a match scheduled with Eddie Edwards, but he went, oh, Eddie Edwards gave me a boo-boo last week. He poked my eye out. I have to wear an eye patch. I can't compete. Here's my lawyer, Smart Mark Sterling, from the Major Wrestling Figure podcast, proving that uh, I have a clause in my contract that says if I'm injured, I can't compete. Uh, and I'm willing to, and I'm allowed to pick my substitute. So Hernandez, go beat the fuck out of Eddie Edwards, and that happens. I'm glad that Mark is continuing with the lawyer gimmick. Apparently, it was actually his indie gimmick for a long time, and just nobody, it it never got any mainstream attention until AEW. Oh, that makes sense. But hey, yeah. they're working with uh, AEW so they can actually reference the fact when he was MJF's lawyer. Yeah, that's that. That was cool seeing footage from that on Impact. Um, but that was everything notable from Impact this week, and then we get to the thing, uh, the thing that kind of broke the internet for an hour, um, or two. I I don't know. I was literally just about to get up from lunch when this news broke at work. It was, so was a, it like, was a giant announcement. It was pretty what, big. Huh? It, it it was it was really showy. They they pulled quite a go kaiser with this one, um, but uh, I I couldn't help myself. With it. Paul White, aka the Big Show from WWE, aka the Giant from WCW, aka Crazy Train from ECW, is all elite. Also known as Captain Insano from Waterboy. 
Yeah. Oh, uh, so so much history, so much shit with this man, and he is now in AEW. Apparently, he made a bunch of life changes before the signing got announced. Like, Big Show show is canceled, confirmed, and also he moved house. I don't know if he moved to Florida, but he moved house after having lived in the same house for like years and years. Uh, and a couple other things happened. Um, and like, this is the last of the big changes of he's he's just cut ties with his old his old life. He's no longer with WWE. He's all all elite, and he's going to be doing commentary for this sh- uh, new show that AEW also announced off the back of this news. Dark Elevation will be airing on Monday nights. And it will be commentated upon by Tony Schiavone and Paul White. Which is interesting, because I don't know about you, but I don't really think of the big show as a great talker. I have a feeling he'll be interesting with Tony Schiavone, who can be a good... Like, now that he's back in the saddle of wrestling commentary, he's he's good. He's, he's, he's up on top of it and everything. Hmm. I think they're going to be an interesting dynamic, and it's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially because on Dynamite, Shivani was putting over like, oh, I haven't even seen this man in 20 years. This is going to be so great to reunite and do stuff together. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. And just from the name alone, it sounds like Dark Elevation is going to be, this is where all our trainees from all our different schools are going to put on matches. It's going to be AEW's version of NXT. Yeah. This is where Nightmare Family or uh, Thunder Rosa School or Penta School. Flatbacks. Like any, there's a lot of schools that go through AEW. That AEW has ties to. Yeah, but you know what I mean. Like, if Thunder Rosa has a student in her school, I, I have a feeling she's gonna go, go to AEW, not WWE. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's the thing. It's like I also think Young Lions from New of... Japan. I'm sorry. What? If they're gonna, if this is gonna be developmental talent, young lion, young lions on excursion from New Japan dojos. Oh yeah, that can be a thing. Um, but yeah, it, it was kind of cr- kind of crazy big news. Like Twitter just exploded after this. Um, my favorite thing was just that Marco Stunt was immediately going, "Please make him my manager." Like genuinely, there's. They did say that he was going to wrestle some. I hope it's like maybe uh-huh. four matches a year. Yeah, give him a Brock contract. <laughs> yeah, but like, don't um, get put the belt on him. Don't do shit like that. But like, there's a few matches I definitely want to see. Him? Um, are him you one of those people who are like Shaq has to happen? I want Shaq to happen. Because Big Show, because Paul wants Shaq to happen. That's like a bucket list thing of his. And so, like, because he seems like a genuinely nice dude, I go like, you know what? Fuck it. I want to see that because you want to see that. I don't want to see the energy and effort you put into it. Come on, let's do it. Fair but like, enough. But him versus Marco. Come on, that has to be a match. Him versus Marco. Um, my only thing with this is just like, whatever you do. Don't ever have him standing next to Wardlow, Jake Hager, or Luchasaurus. Because immediately their intimidation factor will go back down to zero. Or Billy Gunn. Yeah. Like, he has to, like, Um, have him be Big Beef Eddie Kingston. 
That'd be interesting. Yeah, I'd be down for that. Like, those those are the three matches I would love to see from Paul White. Jack, Marco Stunt, Eddie Kingston. And, like, I I don't really know. This news didn't pop me super heavy. It was more like just, okay, that's a fucking get. Um, but not like, oh, suddenly fantasy booking stuff is going off in my head because I don't even know the big show that well. He's one of those guys who was kind of already on his way to retirement when I got into wrestling. And I haven't watched a lot of his older stuff. And from what I hear, a lot of his older stuff is kind of goofy and dumb. So, yeah, I don't know. Hopefully they hopefully they treat him with respect. Hopefully they don't have him overshadow anybody. Hopefully they keep treating him like they treat all of their legends. Yeah. That's all I have to say on it. I mean, I don't think they're going to... I don't. I think maybe they'll... I don't want to say treat him with, like have him do a little bit more because he has lost weight. He's tried to be more fit in his current years. So I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't want to say no to him trying and doing things, but like, yeah, I don't want him going for after the belt. I wouldn't yeah, mind. Yeah. I wouldn't mind him challenging for like TNT championship once because him versus Darby would be an interesting go. Darby tries to cough and drop into him, just bounces off. Yeah. But like, I'm interested to see how he does on commentary. I think he's going to be an interesting mind for backstage for everybody to pick, yeah. like Jake the Snake or the Sting or or uh, or uh, Taz. JR, Taz. Like, I think he's going to fill that role of kind of, not necessarily locker room leader, but like cultural wrestling leader, for lack of a better he's way to describe quite, it. He's quite literally a learning tree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and like, there's going to be some people that would benefit from, uh, a match with them. So that'd be fun. Yeah. But the I think that, I think the big thing, like, go. I was just going to say like, do you have any even slight inclination that you're going to try and keep up with elevation? Cause I know I'm not, there's already too much wrestling. I rarely ever watch dark. I might watch the first episode of elevation but then I'll probably forget it exists. I don't know. I, I, that's a thing I think is going to come with time and we'll figure it out. Because mm. think about it. Elevation's where we would have watched Alan Angels when he first appeared. That's fair. And like the second we saw that, I saw Alan Angels, I was like, I want to see more of this guy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I didn't get into him until very recently when he started doing stuff on Sammy Guevara's blog. I always kind of wrote him off as the punching bag of the Dark Order and nothing more. And then he's gotten some really interesting character stuff the last couple of weeks. Yeah. I think this Paul White thing, more than it shows what's going to happen with AEW, shows what's shows a flaw in WWE. Is like they can't even keep their legends. Like they're interested in other things. It's like it's it's apparently creatively stifling. Apparently, he left because he couldn't come to a financial agreement with WWE. And that's interesting. But again, it's an interesting get. We'll see what happens. But uh, sadly, we have uh, one bit of sad news we have to talk about real quick. Yeah. Uh... Uh, Joseph Josephus Hudson uh, passed away this weekend, or no, just yesterday, as announced by uh, Billy Corgan on his Instagram. 
Um, not many details are known. The illness he passed away from when, as of now is undiagnosed. Uh, I haven't even seen any like concrete confirmation on how old he was or anything. Cause he was one of those guys who was very serious about keeping kayfabe and not letting a lot of personal stuff slip out. So it's, uh, it's kind of crazy, especially because for those of you who don't know, he was also the question mark on NWA power. And I love Logan. Um, I only own two NWA shirts. One is the Power logo, and another is the question mark Karate uh, Dungeon logo. Uh, and um, it it's uh, it really sucks because he portrayed that gimmick so well, and he he seemed like one of those guys who, because he stayed in gimmick, always really made people's day uh, when they met him at cons and stuff like that. So. Um, very, very sad to see that he's gone. Um, his, uh, his kayfabe student, uh, Aaron Stevens, uh, I believe that's his last name. I sometimes makes it up. Um, he's set up a GoFundMe along with a, uh, family member of Josephus, um, to help cover funeral costs and stuff like that. So, uh, I, I only just saw that before we went on air, but once we go off, I'm going to chip in a couple bucks and I would highly encourage anyone else to do the same yeah it's it's tragedy again in the wrestling world um i i like i enjoyed the question mark but i didn't watch a ton of nwa power so i just want to let you kind of say your piece more so about all this because i knew you were a big fan of him yeah um it's it's one of those things where he was just kind of a flash in the pan, uh, kind of like wow, this is amazing. And for for a few weeks there, when Power was on top and it was really hot and cooking, oh man, he was one of the main attractions of that show for me. Um, so it sucks that he's gone, but I I hope it wasn't uh, too painful, and I hope he's uh, resting in peace now. Yep. Just imagine the match with him and Brody Lee. With uh, with Hana Kimura as the special guest referee, Dusty's on commentary. Hell yeah! Uh, but yeah, we can't dwell on tragedy forever. So why no, don't no, we no. get life? Here's the lesson I want all of you to take <laughs> away from this week, kids. Life is short. Might as well buy some freaking toys. All right, fucking do the unboxing, you goddamn YouTube hack. <laughs> Ooh, what's in the box? What's in the box? Still funny, isn't it? Oh, and uh, for anyone who's going to try, I, I am a smart boy. Can't dox me. Uh, I can. He so... lives in America, folks. He lives in America. <laughs> uh, yeah, but this is some stuff. I ordered in from Ringside Collectibles months and months ago, uh, been on back order, and it all came in today, uh, so I think it would be fun to do a little impromptu uh, unboxing here on the show. I'm probably not going to actually open any of these figures tonight, uh, but just get them out, just see what they look like, give some initial reactions, and ooh, already right at the top, we have two very tasty looking gentlemen. Um, the one thing though, I that box can the box those figures come in confuse the fuck out of me. 
because I didn't realize how many flaps there were. So I was going like, am I, why am I ripping this? I don't understand why I'm ripping this. And then once I got Orange Cassidy out of the box, I was like, oh, okay, so there's that too. Like, it, it's a complicated box. There's so many. Fo- I don't know why they went so extra on the packaging for the Unrival collection. Because it just um, makes it so... Especially when Hasbro, Hasbro just redesigned their Star Wars packaging to break down super easy for recycling. Yeah. It, it's harder also to keep the box if you're that kind of collector. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I'm not, who should I'm I pull out saying. first? Do we want to go young or old? Uh... Go by the size of your dick. You're asking me to make assumptions that are going to get me in trouble one day. <laughs> but, uh... Go young to Yeah, old. Dustin Rhodes. Old or young. Uh, uh, looks really, really nice. Uh, I did not expect the, the face sculpt to be quite so sharp, but he is looking extra good right there. That's the and... super scale one, right? Sorry? That's the one that's like a foot taller than he should be. Yeah. Uh, they kind of screwed up on this, but also he's probably not going to get another figure for a minute. They may do one of him in the blue, but uh, I want him in the red because I think it's the better look. So I'm willing to deal with him being a bit of a giant. Um, and uh, yeah, this looks nice. I, I'm I'm digging him. I would definitely enjoy adding him to my Nightmare Factory collection. Uh, speaking of uh, friends and family of Cody Rhodes, Darby Allenson is here. Look, Look at him. Is he a skeleton boy? Doesn't he have a skateboard? It looks like a tech deck. It, I wouldn't be surprised if it's kind of like gang molded from a tech deck mold. Although there does seem to be a good bit more sculpted in detail than is on tech decks, which is nice. Um... It might be like a fingerboard. Oh, wow. I've never been able to tell what his chest tattoo says until now. Uh, <laughs> it is, nothing's over till you're underground. Emo is fuck. I love it. Yeah. Um, so that's him. And then, uh, your friend and mine, Hangman Adam Page, right there, looking like he is just as constipated as can possibly be. Looking like Sid Vicious. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, no. I might actually get that other Hangman that's in the new series, too. Just because it's one probably going to have a different face sculpt. What? Is he, does he have tights? And not I trunks? think so. I think it's meant to be when he was tagging with Kenny, because it's going to come with a pitcher of beer and a shot glass. Okay. Um, but yeah, this looks cool. Definitely, definitely happy to have him. And then uh, your daughter and mine, Riho. Look at her. Isn't she pretty? Yeah. Look at that title. I am happy to have that title. Mm-hmm. Actually, oh, just yesterday, I finally got a pre-order in on uh, Frankie and Scorpio Sky so I could get the tag titles. Nice. So I'll be getting those. And then, uh, oh, look, it's your boy. It's the boy. Yeah, he who does give uh, positive opinions about things and puts things in pockets. Yes, that one. And uh, 
Also, uh, angry death metal lesbian from WWE. She gives off more bi energy. Come on. Probably, yeah. Um, she like that bi that mostly dates women until they find like one dude and it's like, shit, you're the weird shit bag I gotta fall in love with. Fuck me. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this is uh, yeah, just one other thing I decided to get just because. I do still really like Rhea Ripley's NXT run, despite the the way she lost the title and kind of spiraled into nothingness after that. But um, got her, got a bunch of AEW figures. Probably not going to open them until I'm able to get a hold of the Extreme Sets dior- uh, um, Arena diorama, which I have on back order from them. Um, Is it a more yeah, generic, do... or does it look like the Raw SmackDowny kind of bullshit? It, it looks like that, but you can kind of um, photograph around that stuff to make it look generic. Oh, and yeah. it's also the only one on the market right now. I imagine they're probably going to do a Dynamite-themed one soon, um, because they just revealed some new products today, which was very nice. So I, I think some other stuff, that because they tend to do like waves of dioramas, and then they perpetually reissue them. Um and I think, like, it's four or five dioramas per wave. They revealed two uh, this week. So probably one of those other ones. I would not be surprised if it's a dynamite background. Either a generic one or specifically a dailies placed one. Yeah. And even then, having a dailies placed diorama would work with so much more than just wrestling. Yeah. Well, but... Uh, Are you happy with your figures? <laughs> I am happy. They all look pretty good. Um, actually, oddly enough, the supposedly higher budget brand one is the one that looks the least accurate to the actual person. Huh. Um, but for the most part, they look good. Um, and I'm, I'm okay with a slightly inaccurate head sculpt. I was just shooting a barb there. Um, and uh, it's okay. I will be opening those gives and taking figure photography up. of them on my Instagram at the underscore vacuuminator eventually. So go check that out. Because I'm a sleazeball. Yeah. Go go watch him take photos of his waifu, the wasp. That? I mean, Janet Van Dyne is one of the, uh, the best milfs in comics. Sue Richards. I said one of, not the best. Lois Lane. I said one of, not the best. Speaking of Lois Lane, I saw a clip from the CW Superman and Lois show. It seemed... It's, it, it seemed like the perfect kind of Superman. It does, doesn't it? I can't wait until it gets bad and everybody loses interest in it in two and a half seasons. Yeah. Because, like, they, he did the line of Kid Go, like, I love... like. Your costume's cool. And Superman just looks at him and goes like, thanks, my mom made it. <laughs> like, that's just a classic Superman thing. I love it. Mm-hmm. I will I will probably check that out eventually. Also, I love how, essentially, he has one son who's Superman and one son who's Batman. Have you seen the, like, intro clip? Uh, no, I haven't watched anything from it yet. I knew he, he was going to have two sons, but I think that's that's interesting. 
one, one of them's based off of uh, Jonathan Kent. One of them's based off of Chris Kent, isn't he? I don't. DC lore is not my kind of thing, but one of them's Jonathan Kent, and he seems to be very much like the recent Johnny Jonathan Kent Superboy. And the other one, I don't remember his name, but he seems to be uh, like he has a uh, high. He's diagnosed with like anxiety. Huh. And that kind of thing. And he's a little... And I don't want to say he's gloomy, but he, he seems a little bit more darker in palette and more emotional and that kind of thing. And I'm just, in my immediate thought, it's just like, oh, Superman and Batman. Ah. Uh, how long till you think Batman shows up and actual Batman appears? <laughs> when the ratings dip too much. Season 2 finale, then. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't mind a Superman Batman like do the comic series. Uh-huh. That'd be fun. Yeah. But that's enough DC. And we're gonna be talking about a lot of Marvel Saturday. <laughs> Actually, I'm gonna be thinking about a lot of Marvel at currently three hours from now. <laughs> But uh, before we start talking Marvel, do you want to take a quick break? I would actually love a quick break, thank you. So why don't we go take a piss break real quick. We'll be right back, folks. Stay tuned uh, with your ears and maybe your eye holes, and we'll be right back. What? Vac is late. He's still pissing his pants like a babby. Are you good? What's up? Good. What's up, you bitch? You said you said son of a bitch, and so I said God likes me, and then I started singing the rest of the song. Yeah, son of. Are a we bitch. live? Yes, we are live. <laughs> we're live, and our cameras are live, and our mics are live, and excellent. We're, we're living la vida loca. Oh, I love that song. Of course, you fucking do. I mean, it was on the Shrek soundtrack, so it has to be good, right? Right? I mean, there's Smash Mouth on that soundtrack. Nothing else about it can be bad, right? Right? Hey now, you're an all-star. Get your game on. Go. Hey. Hey now, you're a rock star. Light the fuse. Bring the boom. Four, three, two. That's my brain at all times. You're welcome. So Dynamite opened this week on The Hollywood Hunk, Ryan Nemeth versus John Moxley in a, I can't believe it's not a squash match. No, it was a, it was an actual like back and forth. It was pretty much it's it's an AEW style squash match. In that there are some licks, they do get in, but it doesn't go any longer than five minutes. Yeah, no. Mox wins. Lol. Paradigm shift. He gets up, he gets his chair, he sits backwards, grabs the mic. because He's, he's going to be real with you kids. He's going to be real with you kids about, about drugs uh, and drug abuse. And being willing to do whatever it takes to get that championship back. All the uh, He reminisces on all the awesome exploding barbed wire death matches there have been in the past. 
uh, how do you make people feel? Like he says he's getting a tingling feeling in his spine just thinking about the fact that he's going to be in one. Uh, he says he's an addict for being in the ring. Uh, and that Kenny Omega is not the first guy to t try and take him out. And he knows there's surprises waiting for him at Revolution. But it doesn't matter because he's going to do whatever it takes. And when it's all said and done, he will have gave everything he had. Um, which it basically foreshadows uh, Mox is taking a, a break for some uh, paternity leave after yeah. this match, probably. Take care of the babby after giving your mm -hmm. wife a heart attack. <laughs> she might go into labor just from watching that match. I hope not. Um, but yeah, this was a solid segment. Uh, not the best Mox promo ever, but like just, just a solid opener to the show to remind you, hey, this man is the face of this company, and he is extremely cool. I do think the visual helped the the promo out a little bit. Him sitting in the chair backwards, it, it, like it added to the the feel of the promo. Definitely, definitely. Um, but uh, let's do just you want to get the next thing. Are we doing back and forth? Yeah, I let's do the back and forth. Let's just that. consider uh, the like they recap Mox and Omega's feud to, to kind of catch people up. But then we have an interview uh, with. Uh, We have an interview with Archer and Ray, uh, Ray Phoenix backstage, basically going like, "Hey guys, what? I just saw my spelling mistake. Sorry." Yeah, no, it took me a second. Uh, but Ray, uh, Ray Phoenix and Archer are backstage, and uh, uh, the interview happens, and basically it goes like, "Hey, last week you were a tag team, and you did pretty well. This week you guys got to go up into a fight. What's it gonna be like?" And basically, Lance Archer's kind of like, yeah, no, we we gelled last week as a tag team, but you know what? This is gonna be a hard hitting equal match. We're gonna we're gonna go out there like humble sportsmanship, kind of like the best Lance Archer can give. And then mm -hmm. in Spanish, Ray, uh, Ray I said Ray Mysterio, Ray Phoenix. <laughs> God damn it! It sounds like a name when I know it's like King. It's King Phoenix. It's Ray Phoenix. Yeah. Says in Spanish, basically the equivalent of, nah, bro, you shit, I carried us last week, fuck you. And then Alex Apprehentes hesitantly translates it, <laughs> and Archer just beats the fuck out of him. It's like the perfect way to just build instant heat for the matches, because you can see, like, Ray Phoenix being like, yeah, no, he's cocky enough, he'd fucking do that. This <laughs> asshole. This fucking gringo sucks, man. Basically what he did. Yeah. But uh, I love how Archer's kind of, like, sportsman-like. Mm -hmm. he, he he's, like, honorable. Yeah. So, I, I like I like Archer's character. It took me a while to get it, but uh, it's, it's definitely pretty solid. It works ten times better as a tweener. Yeah. Uh... Jake the Snake is is more his his friend than his manager. I think is the way it should be played. Jake the Snake is his friend and friend more than manager. And when Lance Archer goes too far out of line, he's his leash. Mm. Uh, Jake the Snake is the Rick Jones to Lance Archer's Hulk. <laughs> exactly. Um, after this, we got a short little video of the Bucks arriving earlier that day with their parents and taking a picture in front of the merch truck. Uh, real simple little thing. Uh, but 
while we're on this, I wanted to take a quick moment to talk about slightly different formatting for Dynamite this week with a lot of a lot of recaps post break and a lot of like just quick let you in on continuity thing. And I think that was very purposeful because of the Paul White news dropping and like, oh, we're going to get a lot of eyeballs after this. So people are going to come expecting him. But uh, I think Ollie Davis put it like come for the big show news, stay for the cool wrestling and interesting stuff going on. Yeah. Also doesn't uh, hurt that this is the show before the go home. Yeah. So, like, get people caught up and go, like, hey, we're having a pay-per-view soon. Come back next week. We'll do a bunch of cool stuff. Here's all the things. You need next week a subtitle. Yeah. You know what? I don't mind with, like, they don't have to turn every one of those dynamites into, like, a full-on mini pay-per-view. I'm fine with them just giving them dumb subtitles every once in a while. That's true. It's just fun. Um... But yeah, that, that, that was a solid little uh, establishing video for what would be the kind of through line for Dynamite tonight. Yep. Uh, but the next moment we have is Team Taz versus the Varsity Blondes, which are really picking up as like a really neat little tag team to keep an eye on. Yeah, they seem like they were really getting into it with their entrance this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Taz is on commentary, so of course he is. Uh, but Cage, Pil- uh, Cage Pins Pillman... Uh, with the drill claw, god damn it! Uh, got a love Marvel shit. That was, that was weird to type because I, it was I was going to type Brian pins. Oh shit! Cage pins Pillman. Yeah. It was Brian, Brian and Brian. Uh, yeah, yep, yep. but Brian. Uh, after the match, though, uh, lights go out and we get a little uh, artistic video vignette of uh, a car driving through a desert. Stings in it in the wheel, and he, uh, he stops the car, undoes the bag, and Darby just sits up, holds his title, and smiles at the camera. It's like, bitch, I do this on my weekday. I like, I do this voluntarily. What the fuck are you trying to do? And fucking Darby smiling is the most wonderfully unnerving thing I've ever seen. It, it it's like a psychopath smile. It is like a serial killer, like about to kill you. Smile. <laughs> It's like a uh, Christian not... Bale smiling in uh... American Psycho. Oh, I forgot the name. Yeah, it's American Psycho. I don't want to say like he his smile is like that, but the way he did the smile in the video, he affected that. Nature. It was played that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Darby is a handsome but... man. Let's just put it that he way. Is... He is. He's he's got that team heart problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, basically, Sting comes out. We're going like, oh man, this is just going to be a similar thing. No, he picks it up. We he undoes a body bag. Darby's not in it. Darby zips down. Oh shit, beat down. And fucking Hook was in the body bag too. After Taz on commentary for the whole match, have been like, yeah, Hook's out back keeping the car warm. We're gonna get we're gonna get drinks after this match. That's a good setup. That's a good setup. But like, mm-hmm. yeah, no, this kind of picks up the whole feud. Like, this this feud, and I get the feeling this is them responding to the online criticism, because this feud went from zero to fucking 50 in two weeks, and I am so hyped now. Because Darby on a zipline, man. The only way that could have been better is if he had just clocked Brian Cage with the skateboard as he was coming down. Taped the skateboard to his feet. <laughs> yeah. Fucking rider kick that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like... 
I get what they were kind of doing. It was old school. It was promo, but it was similar promo over and over again. They could have taken a week break every once in a while. But last week, this week, just kicks it up a notch. Really good. And I'm I'm excited for it now. Yeah, very much so. It, it was a great little segment. Um, then we went uh, backstage where Tony Schiavone is talking to Kip Sabian, Penelope Ford, and Miro. Uh, they're basically just like, hey, Charles, Orange, you guys ruined the wedding. You're a bunch of dicks. Don't think about what we did to you at all. Um, but hey, Charles. Gaslight, okay. gaslight, un- gaslight, gaslight. Mm-hmm. We understand that you stray from the path, and, and that's okay. It's okay, man. You're allowed to do that every once in a while. But if you come back, you come back into the fold right now, we'll, we'll give you forgiveness, and you can go back to doing our laundry and washing our cars and all kinds of fun stuff like that. And was it Orange Cassidy that slipped Tony Schiavone the note? I was looking away from the screen when it happened. I don't remember. Okay, well, somebody slipped Tony Schiavone a note that he then handed to Miro which was just freaking, will you have a match with us at Revolution? Check yes or no. And then Miro ate the note. Because Miro is the Hulk, apparently. I mean, sure. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's a good little segment. Uh, I would not be surprised if that's a buy-in match. Yeah. You know, it's fine. Speaking mm-hmm. of fine, we had uh, Brian Cutler versus Jake Hager. Who? What? You said Brian Cutler. Brian Cutler? Brandon Cutler. Hey. Brandonian Cutler. Brandonian Cutlerson. Brandonian Cutlerson, Esquire, the second, the third. Versus uh, Jacob Hagenson Jr. Uh, Hager does get the win. It's an AEW style squash match, but Brian, uh, Brandon uh, Brandon Cutler got a little bit more in than a typical squashy. Yeah, and they put over that Brandon's really been working his ass off and he earned the match and blah 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 blah. Um, and these childhood friends with the Bucks. All the stuff you've heard before, but that really matters to Brandon's character. Um, and then but, after the match, the oh, sorry. The inner circle come in, beat down Brandon Cutler. And then the Bucks come in and go like, hey, no, you know what, fuck you, Jericho, come out here and fight us like a man. And then camera shows Jericho backstage near the merch truck, and Jericho and MJF go like, ha, we beat up your dad. Ha. Look, it's your dad with fake blood on him. We're going to throw him into your faces on the trucks. Isn't this fun? Yeah. And then the Bucks run after him, and then... uh, Jericho and MJF are in a car and they run away and they drive away. Uh, it's fine. This was an okay segment. I, it didn't raise the heat or like it, it was a neutral segment for me. Really? Because I kind of loved it. Like, Classic I mean, yeah, I get chicanery, fucking up the heat big time. Like, we're going into this match soon. It just, feel, I don't know. I don't want, I, the best way to put it is it feels. I don't want to say it feels tropey. It doesn't. It doesn't feel like a WWE segment. It feels like. It feels like a paint by numbers AEW segment. It feels like the first one of like, we know what to do. Let's get a family member or someone they care about. We'll beat them up, backstage, and then we'll just leave them there. And when they the faces come in to save the day, the heels run away. 
That's a fair assessment. Like, it's not a bad segment. It's just, oh, okay, this is what they're doing. I get it. I understand it. It didn't affect me emotionally, but I understood the logic of the story, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's not a bad segment logically. It's It just didn't connect to me emotionally. I, I, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's about... I, w- I wouldn't say take it out of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that, we had a Shaq hype package. Woo. Do you want to take the second thing, too? The thing after that? Yeah, we had Isaiah Cassidy with Matt Hardy and the Hybrid 2 versus Mr. Mason New Friends, Hangman Adam Page. Uh, this... Was a solid little match, solid little story build match of stuff going on, a lot of, a lot of uh, hope spots, a lot of potential interference going on, but ultimately Hangman powers through in the ends, hits the dead eye, and then after the match, Matt Hardy gets on the mic, goes backstage, basically says, uh, "Hangman, you're a dead man. I'm gonna hurt you and every member of the Dark Order because you guys betrayed me. I'm fed up with this world." And then he threw Alan Angels into a table. Oh boy, didn't that look like it hurt. Oh yeah. But uh I also love how much Isaiah Cassidy got. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just like it wasn't just like a fiddle. No, Isaiah Cassidy looked like a like a good main event star in this. Another one of those little moments where it's like, oh, AEW is about tag teams, but also they understand that if one member of a tag team can't compete, you just make a singles match. But it's good. It's solid. Uh, I love the Alan Angels bit because he's the one that genuinely stand up, stood up for Hangman last match. Uh, mm-hmm. Also, good, the bad, and the hungry were. Uh, they were on the outside. They called out some interference. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Encouraged. Was there was one moment where Hangman's on the outside. He's on the floor, and just like uh, uh, John Silver and uh, Alex Reynolds are just like on. Other each side of him just screaming like fucking Super Saiyans, going like, "Come on, <laughs> you can do it!" And like he gets in and he's like, "Yeah!" It's just like, "Yeah, that's the kind of wholesome shit Hangman needs right now in his life." Good, good, positive boys helping each other out. Uh, but that's what the Dark Order is now, because they realize they need to help people get out of the dark. It's fun. Yeah, I'm I'm liking it. I'm digging. Uh, next we go to a little place that I would love to go to because it's a workshop, and uh, Alex Marvez is walking through it, trying to get an interview from Kenny Omega, who is just banging on a piece of metal, trying to look like he's making shit. <laughs> I know how to do things. Uh man, and like he's he's banging with a hammer and he's wearing welding gear. <laughs> well, somebody else is doing actual welding in the background. No, I don't think anybody was actually doing any welding. I think they were doing like grinding. Um, I don't, I don't remember seeing any welding helmets, and that's that's like a thing you need. Um, sure. Because like, like the spot of a weld can get like as bright as a sun. Mm-hmm. I've been told that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you need the because it's basically just like blank glass until that happens and then it's like oh everything's a light super powerful sunglasses nice I've, i learned to weld but i never practiced enough 
So I don't know mm. how to weld. But I know the basics. Uh, but basically, Alex Marvez is going like, hey, what are you doing? And then uh, Kenny and Don Callis basically go like, hey, Kenny's making shit for the match. Get the fuck out of here. What the fuck are you doing in here? This isn't this isn't OSHA approved. Get bye. <laughs> They're making the Moxley extermination chamber, which sounds like a playset coming from Jazzwares next year. It sounds like a take on elimination chamber. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, it's a, this is a fun segment. It, it really kind of shows just what it, what it takes to build uh, a barbed wire death match. Yeah. It's fun. Working boys doing fangs. Um, well, now I'm sad because Otis is in throat. Didn't he turn Anyways, heel we recently? Had... No, Tucker turned heel on him mm. for no reason. I know the reason. I do too, but I'm talking about kayfabe. Tell me about um, the next thing! The Native Beast, Nyla Rose versus Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, with Reba in the Women's Title Eliminator Tournament. Oh! This is a good match. Oh, this was a good it. match. I liked it a lot. And, like, coming out of this match, my reaction was just like, okay, if the final match in this tournament isn't Nyla Rose versus Ryo Mizunami... What the fuck was the point? Because... I, in, in that, I want Ryo to win, because Ryo versus Hikaru Shido would be fucking fun, but also we've seen Hikaru Shido versus Nyla a couple times now, and I'd, I'd like to see something new. Exactly. But, like, I had forgotten just how much Nyla Rose can fucking go. Yeah. And, man, she can fucking go in this match. This was incredible. And I... It's interesting. Vicky Guerrero wasn't out there with her, and they kind of played her as the babyface in the match. I think Vicky may also be in Texas, you know, where everything's frozen over. Yeah. Our hearts go out to that you, is... Vicky Guerrero. But, uh, no, this was a fun match. Uh, Britt Baker kept up with her 100%. Mm-hmm. No one carried anyone else. It was genuinely just a fun, full-on, full-force match. I love that they got super close to having the lockjaw ended several times. And that's what a finisher's supposed to fucking be. Mm-hmm. It's great. Uh, but ultimately, Nyla did win by pinning Britt after hitting a massive beast bomb. Uh, and she moves on in the tournament. So we'll talk more about her next week, probably. Hell yeah. Uh, should we go through... Let's just do all of the kind of announcements for next week and one with the FTR things. So that would be FTR. Uh, the feud with Jurassic Express is kind of summed up between the two of them. And FTR basically goes like, yeah, no, we came here to do the Bucks. We came here to do all the big matches we wanted to do. But one thing we wanted to come here was because we wanted to beat up Jurassic Express because we think they're a bunch of fucking idiots. Yeah. And Jurassic Express basically going like, fuck you guys. Just fuck you guys. You're not, fuck you. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's your feud. Yeah. Just like a nice video package to remind you that that feud is still happening, but we pro- we couldn't do anything with it this week because snow, probably. Yeah. And also, like, FTR hyped up Tully Blanchard because, hey, we got this kind of wisdom in our corner, and he's helping us out, and we respect the past, and we respect 
the honor and the legacy of wrestling and all this kind of stuff. And look at this fucking dinosaur motherfucker. And Tully Blanchard is going to wrestle for the first time in like 30 years tomorrow. Wrestle. Or next week, I mean. Wrestle. <laughs> wrestle. I wonder if he'll even be wearing reindeer. He's, uh, he's going to do one or two moves, and then it's going to be it. But uh, we got oh, yeah. we got a couple things announced for next week. We have Jericho and MJF going to have a press conference. They're just going to heal it up. But we're also probably going to get a little bit more on uh, Inner Circle Turmoil because I have a feeling Jericho is not 100% on MJF right this moment. Mm-hmm. And the Bucks are probably going to beat the shit out of them by the end of it. Yeah, just run in. Uh, Dark Order versus Matt Hardy Brand LLC. Which is going to be fun. Yeah. Uh, we're also going to have another match for the uh, Casino Battle Ladder bullshit. Face of the Revolution Ladder. I like my name better. <laughs> Preston Vance uh, versus Max Caster. That's going to be fun. Excuse me. Damn, another one. Okay. Uh yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Are those genuine, Matt... or are we doing, like, a bull- allergic to bullshit joke? No, no, I, I've got something in my nose right now. Oh, okay. Uh, do you want to go off camera so you can blow it? All right, cool. I'm just mute your mic, and this is going to be on me for a moment, because we're just going through what we're going to be talking about next week. Um... Also, they announced that Tony Schiavone and Paul White, uh, Paul White, were going to do commentary for Dark Elevation. Again, we'll have to see what happens on Monday, fifteenth. About uh, this upcoming Monday, the Monday after that, and we're also confirmed a Casino Tag Team Royal uh, at Revolution, which is going to be a neat way to get a bunch of tag teams in and kind of figure out who's going to be challenging for the belts next. Hopefully, it's someone like Jurassic Express. That'd be fun. Uh, uh, Santana Ortiz, that'd be an interesting one. TH2, I think, could be really interesting if they win it. Yeah. Um, I am a little annoyed, though, that we just did a Battle Royal that establishes the number one contenders thing. And we're now about to do another one. Like, could we not have somebody get a title shot via the ranking system? Yeah, I can understand. Like, I don't know. It's also just a big, nice match for the card that can do a lot of things. That's true. It'll be a nice way to close out the buy-in or open the main show. Yeah. Uh, But that's all we know for about upcoming Dynamite shit. So into the last stretch back. In your main event, we have the Murderhawk Monster Lance Archer with Jake the Snake Roberts versus Ray Phoenix for a spot in the face of the Revolution ladder match at AEW Revolution. This was the most insane squash match I've ever seen in my life. And it doesn't it's not even really a squash match. Like it, it was a back and forth. Ray had Ray had some good hot hope spots. No, 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 because, like, at the end of this match, because, spoilers, Ray Phoenix lost, but at the end of it, they just hold on this shot of him lying in the center of the ring, and he looks like he's had his soul beaten out of him. And that's how I would describe this. It's not a squash match. It's a squash match cranked up way past 11. This is a soul-beating match. It's a squish match. (laughs) Yeah. 
Uh, no, this was great. It was it was so much fun to see this tiny Mexican man bounce off this big fucker trying to get some trying to get shit off. And it working sometimes, but not all the time. And it's just really fun. It was really good. A lot of fun spots. Mm-hmm. Absolutely crazy. And oh my god, that that final combination of moves, and then Lance pinning with the blackout, and then just immediately picking up Ray's limp body and fist bumping him to close out the show. Like Lance didn't have any problem with Ray. Mm-hmm. That's just fucking great. I love it. Like, like, dude, I I wish you had a better opinion of us as a tag team, but I still respect you as a competitor. I, I like that about Lance Archer. Also, I feel like Lance Archer needed a really good singles win, re- like, right now. Like, yeah. he's, been, he's had some tag wins, he's done some good stuff, but, like, he needed... He, I don't want... He needed this, in my opinion. He just needed something to really... Like polish the oh shit right he's he's fucking insane, and I mean like I don't know if you watched the uh, Tony Khan did a twenty five minute interview with Wrestling Observer Radio the day before this to put over the show, and he hyped up this main event as like these are two guys we've had cooking on the mid card for a long time, and now they're ready to pop off. They have that fan support, so I'm putting them in the main event together as a test to show just how much support there is for them and just how much they can go. And, and they, they stepped up to the challenge. God, that, like, the, like this singular match gave us like a good couple of fucking memes. And that's always a mark of fucking quality. Mm-hmm. Especially in wrestling. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it's also a mark of like, Oh my God, what the fuck did you just do? The butcher. The blade! My hole! And the boy! But, uh, no, this was this was a good main event. I can't wait to see you next week. But that's about it for wrestling this week, because we're going to talk about Two Point Show next week. Yeah, and, uh... Oh, God. They're not calling it off, are they? I'm going to have to actually talk about the Shaq match. <sighs> You know what I can't wait to see? You actually fucking love it. You know, um, the thing I'm going to have to call out from all modular recordings for the rest of the week, I, I suddenly feel like I'm coming down with some serious food poisoning. Hey, 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 oi, 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 oi. I've got to go. I'll see you later. Bye. You don't get to shill your shit then. Well, that was back. If he was here, he'd be able to tell you where all of the social media stuff is. But since he's not, I ain't gonna bother and do it. So, but I can tell you where my shit is. Hi, I'm Chris Boingo Writer Gaston. You can find me on YouTube at Boingo Writer. I do video essay and editorial content. Uh... Search for me there. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Boingo underscore writer. I'm on Instagram as Boingo underscore writer. And I'm on Twitch at Boingo writer. Uh, You can join my Discord. Link to that is in the description. And this was MMWP Live. And I used to have a co-host, but now he's a bitch. 
See you next week.